podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hey Cobbers, from the land down under. This is the Cricket Badger Big Bash Daily Podcast. Whether you're with the Strikers, the Stars or the Sixers, you might be a renegade, enjoy the heat, love the thunder, like a scorcher or prefer hurricanes. Brought to you in association with bluecrocodile.co.uk. Tie your kangaroo down, put another shrimp on the barbie and enjoy the fun. It's gonna be a ripper. Big Bash 10. Hello everybody, welcome along. It's a Cricket Badger podcast and it's the Big Bash podcast. We're going to do a Big Bash daily all the way through the tournament in Australia as Big Bash 10 gets underway tomorrow as we speak at the moment. This is the preview show. If you listened to the IPL dailies that we did recently, it's going to be very similar to that really. We've got fan reps on for the various teams in the Big Bash. We will go through every single day of the tournament, giving our opinions and our views and our enthusiasm on the event. It's by the fans, it's for the fans. It is going to be an absolute cracker, I think, in Australia. We've been denied a lot of sport this year, haven't we, because of COVID. So it's great to have had the IPL and now have the big bash and get back to some kind of normality in terms of world cricket thank you to bluecrocodile.co.uk who are sponsoring the big bash dailies snapping up the right mortgages for you give them a visit bluecrocodile.co.uk i'm james i am the cricket badger and for those of you down under listening to this that's a cricket nuffy basically i've been told by australians that the kind of similar term down under is cricket nuffy it's a cricket tragic it's somebody that just pours over cricket all day long and I'm quite happy to wear that tag. I'm joined by four of the fan reps for the Big Bash dailies today for this preview show. We'll start off with a familiar voice. Um, If you listen to the IPL dailies you'll know Naman who was our KKR rep on the uh, IPL daily podcast and Naman is uh, changing allegiance for this one. He's supporting the Melbourne Renegades in the Big Bash and Naman first of all how are you? I'm pretty good, James. Good to see you back and good to be back on podcast. I'm really, very excited. And uh, yes, uh, after IPL, uh, looking after the Big Bash season and tomorrow, plenty of cricket to look out for. And first of all, before we get on to the cricket, Naman, congratulations because you got married just a few days ago. Oh, yes. Uh, thank you so much. Thankfully, everything went well uh, owing to the COVID scenarios. Uh, but yes, uh, thank you so much. And new innings has been started for me as well. So it's great to have Naman back with us. We're also going to have Rito Mitra, who was on the IPL dailies as well. He's going to be coming on to the Big Bash daily podcast too. Rito is going to be supporting the Sydney Sixers in the Big Bash 10th edition. Let's move on to our next guest, our next fan rep, who is Ash Turner. Ash is uh, our Sydney Thunder rep on the uh, Big Bash dailies. Ash, how are you? Hi, James. Um, good, thanks. Good to be on the Big Bash dailies and just really looking forward to the return of some daily cricket after yep. the South Africa series got cut short. Yeah, and it's what we need, isn't it? It's been a strange year, Ash, hasn't it? This COVID-riddled 2020. And as cricket fans, as sports fans, really, you just want to see, see some live action and have something to be able to uh, kind of dive into and give your attention to. So the Big Bash coming around at the right time for us. Yes, perfect timing, really. There's not much going on, really, in the world of sport. Now the football is on, but it's dying down. And I think it's just perfect sort of uh, antidote, really, for all the cricket fans in the world right now. And Ash, you're the, uh, um, as I say, the, the Sydney uh, Thunder rep on the uh, Big Bash podcast. I, I understand that you've chosen Sydney Thunder because the, the there's a fair few English players with them, Sam Billings and uh, Alex Hales playing for the Thunder, but they've got a good side as well, haven't they? 
Yeah, they're looking strong. Um, if you look through the options, especially with the addition of Ben Cutting joining as well, I think they've got options in all departments. So hopefully they'll be in and getting through to the knockout stages and hopefully go a bit better than last year and actually win the final this time round. Yeah, well, Sydney Thunder won it in 2015-16. Will this be their year? We'll find out over the next couple of months. Let's move on then. This is basically a preview show, but also a bit of an introduction to some of the voices you'll hear over the next few weeks. And the uh, next man on is uh, Ollie Prendergast. He's going to be supporting the Melbourne Stars. And Ollie, good to have you with us. Are you uh, optimistic about the Stars' chances? They've never won the Big Bash, have they? No. Uh, so, funny, um, football terms, my... My dad and I, he, he cursed me supporting Oldham. So I'm used to not being successful. Um, uh, but I really, I really, last year I thought the Stars really missed an opportunity. I thought they played some really good cricket last year. And this year, I just got the feeling that they might have peaked a little bit last year. Looking at, um, at some of the other sides, a little bit concerned. Well, not concerned, just just a little bit uh, anxious about how they get on. But I, they've, got, they've got a good line. They've got some absolute cracking players, especially good luck bowling line. They've got Zampa. Uh, I think they've got some some of the other players coming coming through, some youngsters. I just worry that they they just might lack a little bit of runs. That's what I, I'm hoping that they, they sort of find someone to fill in the form if Stoinis doesn't fire for them. They relied a lot on him last year. Yeah, I've got a sneaky feeling that Nicholas Poran's going to have a good big bash. He, I think he'll like the bouncy tracks down there. So we'll see how how that goes. But it's good to have you with us. And uh, finally today, um, as a I mean, you've heard him on the Cricket Badger podcast, but not on the daily of editions, but. Sam Dalling is uh, joining us as well. And Sam is uh, sticking his um, allegiances behind the Adelaide Strikers this time, Sam. Are you, are you hopeful for their chances? Morning, James. Yeah, thank you. I, I think so. It's a good side. You know, they um, got to the knockout stages last year and they are missing a couple to Michael Nessa is away with Australia and I think Travis Head will be. But there's a good top order and there's some underrated players in there. You know, John Wells is not... Un- a big name, but he's been one of the most consistent performers in the big bash for the last couple of years. So I am hopeful they can repeat their feat of two or three years ago, three years ago, I think, when they won the tournament. Exactly how it should be, isn't it? At this stage in the competition, everybody starts on zero. I always like this time. The preview shows are always a happy event because everybody's hopeful. Everybody's hoping that somebody does something that allows their team to go all the way and lift that trophy. In changing times like these, make a change yourself. Buy your own home. Still living with parents or renting? Why not buy your first property? Mortgage rates are lower than ever. Speak to Blue Crocodile. Blue Crocodile? Yeah, Blue Crocodile. They'll get you the right first time buy a deal by searching the market for the most competitive option for you. They don't bite, they're just straight talking people like me. Give them a bell or go online. Blue Crocodile. Big Bash gets underway tomorrow as the uh, the first game sees the Hobart Hurricanes taking on the Sydney Sixers. And then basically we're inundated with Big Bash games all the way through. Before we get on to actually deciding who's going to win this one, and that's the, the purpose of this preview show today, there are three changes in the rules that the Big Bash authorities have brought in for this competition. The first one is the power surge where you can defer two overs of your initial power play to the 11th overall beyond. So that's kind of a strategic thing that the teams have got to kind of work out how they're placed and when best to use those final two overs of the power play. There's the X factor, which has two substitutes. You basically name a 12th and 13th man and you can, from the middle of the first innings, you can change a player if that player hasn't batted or as bold um, one overall less. So that's a kind of st- a strategic substitution available for the teams in this one. 
And then finally, the, the Big Bash boost. Three points for a win in Big Bash 10. And then one bonus point for the team who is ahead at the respective 10 over mark. Naman, let's start with you on this one. Obviously, T20's brought a lot of revolution to the game and ingenuity and, and changes to the game. Some people saying that these changes that the Big Bash have uh, introduced are is maybe one step too far and it's a little bit gimmicky. How, how do you see these? And is there any of those three that I've mentioned there that you actually quite like? I like the expector thing. I always uh, felt that it should have been introduced in IPL also. Uh, but considering I always felt that the 12th player should have been the foreign player, likewise, five foreign players can participate in IPL looking at the game being so intense. Uh, but uh, yes, overall, it's always the X factor and the game is going to be more intense because you never know which player is going to come at what end earlier. I feel it, before in the One Day International, there was a rule of super sub where the captain used to mention the 12th player at the toss itself. And uh, yes, this is going to be a good rule, but... Uh, Apart from this, uh, rest of the power players, I am not sure that I, that is a good idea to like use only the first four overs and then later two because uh, this will only add more chaos and uh, it is more complexing the games. I like Shane Vaughan's idea of uh, making the bowlers bowl five overs instead of four. That would have been more competitive, but it is getting more batting friendly instead of bowling. So, yes, overall... I am happy with the expector rule. You see, Naman, I, I, every time Shane Warne opens his mouth, I'm my initial reaction is to actually disagree with him. But that's just me, I think, and, and Shane Warne. But the, the the thing with me, Ollie, bringing in these changes, I'm not opposed at all to tinkering around the edges and, and bringing these things in. And I think at least maybe one of these might actually be a good thing. But obviously, T20 around the world is played by the same rules. And if you start changing it in certain countries, then it just changes the the stats. And it's a stats-based game, isn't it? And if you're trying to compare competitions and you try and compare people's careers, if each of the competitions is played slightly differently, that makes that more difficult? I don't like the X-Factor rule. I'd have to disagree with the previous um, comments. But I don't like that. because I think you've always gone into a game and, and you live by the, the toss and the team you've selected. So I think it takes it out of it and, and, and you have to just sort of go with that. Um, I've got no real issue with the point thing. The, the point if you're ahead at halfway, because I think sometimes a team that can lose by uh, a couple of runs or a run or so, they almost deserve something out of the game for pushing it close, That if it's that close. So I've got no problem with that. The power surge, in some ways I quite like it. I think it keeps the game, it could tend to keep games more competitive for longer. So if, if a team ends up being after sort of two overs, 12 for two in a, in a power play, at least they can buy some time to rebuild and then actually have another go later on in the inning. So I think it has the potential to do that and it keeps the captains involved. Um, but yeah, I get it absolutely stats-wise that it does throw them out and it could um, convolute things a little bit. And, and um, I mean, every, every league has its own nuance with the pitches and, and ground size. So I think because everything's not standard, it, it's not as easy to compare as people think. Um, but I, I don't mind the power, the, the power surge as, as much at all, really. But I saw some stats recently, and it said opening is the easiest place to bat in um, T20 cricket and, and, and from cricket, and, and they showed those across. So I think that might make it a little bit less. You have the big hitters at the top. It might mean you have to have a com- uh, um, combination that works, and that's actually the ability to, to pull, pull innings back from the team, uh, pull innings either way, so they can rebuild or 
or actually push it on a little bit more. I don't know. I think it makes it a little bit interesting. But you're right about the stat thing. Absolutely throws it out, out the window. I'm going to be really interested to see how this works, actually. I can see the benefits in all of these. Uh, Naman will tell you from the IPL that the substitutes thing is something that I've been really getting a little bit fidgety about because I think it's been abused. So actually making that um, making that a proper thing with the X Factor, at least we know the rules and we know what substitutes are allowed and what aren't. And as long as they stick to those rules, then that's fine. The power surge, I think, is going to be quite interesting because that's going to be quite strategic. Mm. And we'll see how, how teams go with that and when they when they opt to use it because you could use it and actually be quite productive with that later on or you could delay your two overs and actually fall flat on your face with it so that's going to be quite interesting too and I think the big bash boost um, I've seen a, a few people say um, well you know you, you could be um, you could lose by 80 runs but still be ahead after 10 overs or something like that or be bowled out in your 11th over and still get a, a get get the extra point but same could apply after 20 overs, couldn't it? You can crawl across the line after yeah. 20 overs and, and, and still claim the victory. So I don't see the problem with that either. So I think I think all three have their merits, but all three could be a little bit of a damp squib as well. Ash, um, in, in terms of you, how, how do you see that? Are you excited by these changes or do, or do you see see it differently? I'm excited by any change that might make the, the game more interesting. But I'm, I'm undecided on these ones, I'll be honest. I think the power surge, I like that idea. It's been done before in sort of different ways. Um, I think it gives the batting team that bit more of a sort of tactical challenge to decide when to do it. And I'm interested to see if whether they've elect, the batting team has to announce when they're going to do it before they know who the bowler's going to be. Because it might be that I think everyone's just assuming or every team will just go for the last two overs of the game or, maybe, or the last two overs of the innings. But maybe it might be actually they pick up on a certain bowler and a certain matchup and they might choose to use it earlier. So I think the power stage, I actually really like the idea of. But I'm, I'm undecided on the substitute because I agree. I think it makes it messes with the stats a little bit. And it, it, it could be, a bit, it seems a bit daft having a toss and deciding you're 11 if at any point you can really change it. Um, so I'm not sure about that one. The, the boost is beyond me, if I'm honest. It's not my cup of tea. Um, it's like giving a football team a point because they're leading at half time. At the end of the day, your game's played over the full 40 overs of the T20 and not over 30 overs as such. So I, I, I'm against the boost. I don't know on the X Factor yet, and I'm quite a big fan, to be fair, of the, of the surge idea. Sam, I mean, when we talk about cricket and we talk about some of the things we love these days, they all started somewhere, didn't they? And you know, the, the Big Bash brought us flashing bales and they, they've brought us other things. The the final stages of the Big Bash were incorporated by the IPL and that works really well and has been adopted uh, very successfully in a, in a number of T20 tournaments. So all innovation has to start somewhere, doesn't it? That's absolutely right. I think it's, it's in human nature that we're kind of averse to change. Usually the fear comes before the event and then actually we all tend to forget about it. I mean, who knows what will happen here, but I always just remember it was a, in England, every time the BBC website changed its kind of font profile, there was huge uproar. And then within, within a day, everyone was used to the, to the new one. And we have to remember, you know, I, I played cricket at school with 20 overs um, aside before T20 was in the professional game. And you used to be quite happy if you got 60, 65. Um, that was a, a defendable score. And, and, it, and the format has stayed the same pretty much for, 17 years and subs I agree with you that we've had these concussion subs in Australia 
in India, there was a concussion sub in the game the other week that was uh, quite controversial. I agree. I think it's going to be interesting, I think, over the next uh, few weeks. You certainly haven't heard the last of Power Surge, X Factor and Big Bash Boost on these uh, Big Bash dailies. We'll come back to those numerous times, I think, as uh, we see their success or failure through Big Bash 10. Right, to finish off then, this preview podcast for Big Bash 10, let's have a look at each of the eight sides. A very fly, um, a flying visit through each of the camps here. We'll start off with uh, Adelaide Strikers. We'll go in alphabetical order. And what I want you to do, Sam, Ash, Naman and Ollie, is give me a mark out of 10 for your likelihood of them going on to win the Big Bash. We'll make, I'll make a note of those marks. And then at the end of it, we'll find out who we think is going to win the Big Bash tournament. Adelaide Strikers, they've won it once, 2017-18. Jason Gillespie, the coach. Travis Head is their captain. Overseas, Phil Salt, Danny Briggs and Rashid Khan. And then you've got Alex Carey, Peter Siddle and some uh, terrific Australians in their ranks this time. I forgot to mention actually at the start that I'm going to be the Perth Scorchers um, rep, fan rep on this uh, podcast as well as the host. So I will uh, be talking about Perth Scorchers as we go through this too. Adelaide Strikers, though, I think they've got a real chance this time. They've been very consistent under Dizzy. Um, I'm going to give them an 8. Now, man, what would be your mark out of 10 for Adelaide? I'll go with 4. I, I'm not happy that happy with the side. But, uh, yes, I don't see them qualifying in top 4. I'm not a bit too happy with the bowling department. Rest all, it's balanced. Also in 2017, we saw Head was in terrific form, but uh, apart from him, I don't see other players jumping in. Uh, goodbye, Matt Renshaw this time. Uh, but yes, uh, I'll go with four. Ash, what about you? Adelaide Strikers, mark out of ten. Uh, for the Adelaide Strikers, I'm going to go for a seven. Um, with you, I think they've got quite a strong squad, especially batting, but a lot will always rest on Rashid Khan, I think. And and it should do. He's the best spinner in the world, isn't he? When you've got a Rashid Khan in your ranks, you've always got a sniff in uh, in a T20 match. Ollie, Adelaide Strikers. Yeah, I, I would go seven again. Uh, I'm really so for I like Jason Gillespie, even as a Lanks fan. I think that um, <laughs> he's a really good, uh, good good coach. They've got Rashid Khan, maybe lacking a bit in bowling, but I'm interested to see how Phil Salt gets on as well this year. That'd yeah. be really good to see. Well, there's every chance as we go through these big bash daily, he's going to be joined by some people and had a chat with Phil um, yesterday and he's going to come on and be a guest on one of the Big Bash dailies as we go through. So uh, hopefully he has a good start to his Adelaide Strikers time in Big Bash 10 and he'll come on full of the joys of spring. Um, Sam, finally, Adelaide Strikers. I'm going to say nine. Uh, my, of course, my bias from being my side, but I just think they're a really strong lineup. Of course, Rashid Khan, they've got that, well, X Factor who will almost certainly be in their starting 11 rather than coming in. Danny Briggs, it'll be interesting to see how he goes. Uh, one of the best T20 bowlers over here in the flat. He hasn't played abroad yet. And the batting, I think it's really strong. You've got Jake Weatherall and Phil Salt, both had cracking seasons at the top of the order. John Wells is arguably the best finisher in the competition. And you've got other talent like Travis Head, depending on how much he's available. Alex Carey. So, yeah, I'm a big fan of the strikers. I think they'll do well. Well, I won't tell you the score just yet, but you'd probably be able to listeners actually add up yourself um, as we go through. Um, let's move on to the Brisbane Heat then. Finished seventh last year. They won the Big Bash in 2012-13. Darren Lehman is their coach. Chris Lynn is their captain. Overseas, Lewis Gregory, Dan Lawrence and Majib Rahman. You've got uh, the likes of Morning Morkel, who plays under an Australian citizenship rule now um, in the uh, ranks there. That's quite a little bit of a, a scoop for them. Um, but they've lost out on uh, Tom Curran, who is uh, one of the 
a number of English players who have withdrawn because of uh, COVID fatigue, basically, after a very strange year of 2020. Brisbane Heat then. Let's start with Naman. How do you rate Brisbane Heat out of 10? I feel that they have a quite balanced side with uh, Tom Cooper coming in. Also, they have gone with uh, Gregory. He's an excellent all-rounder. And uh, also, I feel the bowling department with Laughlane and Mone Mokal, I feel I'll go with uh, seven. I feel they have a quite a good chance and yes Chris Lean everyone is aware and he is lethal and brutal in uh, Big Bash so yes I'll go with 7 7 from Naman then Sam let's go to you next for Brisbane Heat yeah I'm going to go I'm probably going to say 6 for the Heat they've got a good side but they, they've had quite a lot of change as you say you know if you guys aren't able to go um, Mornay's come in so there's a bit of I suppose stardust for them and it'd be interesting to see how Somerset lad Lewis Gregory who's kind of becoming a bit of a a regular on the the World T20 tour, but yeah, there's a a big big head dependency on Chris Lynn there at the top of the order. But I'm going to say six for them. Yeah, and Chris Lynn got a little bit of a point to prove after not really featuring uh, for Mumbai Indians in the IPL. I'm going to go with the six as well for Brisbane Heat. Um, I think they'll be there or thereabouts, but maybe not quite threaten the the final stages. Who we've not had yet? We've not had Ash, have we? Ash, Brisbane Heat. I'm also going to go with a six for for the Heat. Uh, I think they're going to probably miss Banton actually quite a bit. Saying for such a young player, I think he would have had a bit made a big difference. They've got Lynn, they've got Morkel. I think they're going to have to have two really good tournaments between them to get them to towards the latter stages. But they they have got decent players, so I think there's a, there's a chance. But I, I probably wouldn't put them in my top four. And Dolly, the Heat for you. Um, absolutely agree with just um, Ashley and Ambi. I think between five and six out of ten because exactly the same reasons. I think Chris Lynn will win you four you, games. Uh, you, you can't cheat and, and go at five and a half. You, th- I'm going to take that as a six. <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll go five. I, I just oh, five. don't see okay. them making the playoffs. The top four. I think just the reliance on Chris Lynn too much. And that, like I said, Bampton's loss. It would have been really good to see him go out there as well. I think Walker will be a good signing, but I don't think he's the best T20 bowler around there as a signing, but that's that's certainly me. BlueCrocodile.co.uk Sort your mortgage in a snap. Are you a first-time buyer with your eyes on that dream house? Are you wanting to move or looking for a better mortgage deal? Let Blue Crocodile find the right mortgage for you. 10% deposit mortgages are returning. If you need to know how much you can afford to borrow, just visit bluecrocodile.co.uk. Hobart Hurricanes never won the Big Bash, finished fourth last year. Adam Griffith, their coach, and Matthew Wade is their captain. Overseas include David Milan, Sandeep Labashani, Kimo Paul. You've got uh, Colin Ingram in there, as well as Will Jacks, the young Surrey player. James Faulkner, Darcy Short are uh, two of their star Australians in that lineup. Let's start with um, Ash on this one. How do you see the Hobart side? Uh, Hobart, I'm going to go with a six again. I think they've got they've obviously got a strong squad still, but I think Joffre Archer not not playing for them is going to be a massive, massive loss. He's one of, if not the best, white ball fast bowlers in the world, and I think it puts a lot of pressure on on the other players, really, especially on the bowling side. I'm interested to obviously see how David Milan does. Um, it's his first real taste, I guess, of a of a bit proper big T20 tournament, um, and hopefully he keeps up his form from England. And if so, I think Obart could be pushing for that fourth spot. But I think there's 
the loss of Joffre might just be a bit too much for them. Ollie? Um, yeah, I totally agree. I, I think I'll go five again. I, I think they might have some absences from international duty. I'm not sure how much weight he's going to play for them because he looks like he's been selected in the test team. Um, and I think Milan will have to have a really good tournament alongside James Faulkner. Uh, and Faulkner's got a lot of points to prove because his career seems to have really gone downhill since the 2015 World Cup final where he was man of the match. So, yeah, I can't see I can't see them um, getting through. But it'll be interesting to see they've got some really interesting players and, and see how they get on. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm interested to see how them. I think they are probably the, the outsiders. I'm interested to see Hobart Hurricanes as well. They've got a few of the players I really like. I think, I mean, David Milan is obviously had a terrific uh, last uh, year or so in terms of T20. As you say that, I mean, one of the things with all of these teams really is it's a lot that's dependent on Australian call-ups as well because they've obviously got a big series against India going on at the moment. But Darcy Short's a favourite of mine. Sandeep Labashini never gets his chance in the IPL, but he's always, is a very, very good player too. I, mm, I'm torn on the Hobart between six and seven. I'm going to go with a six, I think. Nah, man. I feel uh, they are the dark horse and uh, I will go with seven again. Uh, I feel uh, they have a complete batting lineup with Milan coming in and Darcy Short and Matthew Wade has been exceptional past a few years uh, for them. And also Peter Henscombe coming in is giving them a good balance with Ben McDermott as well. I feel, yes, they will feel the absence of Archer, but I feel Nathan Ellis and Scott Boland are the good T20 bowlers with uh, Lamy Chane stepping in. I feel they are a quite balanced side and they do have a chance with also Johan Botha coming out of requirement, uh, retirement sorry, and uh, supporting this time the team. Uh, I feel this is going to be a dark horse team and I give them a chance to at least qualify. Okay, seven from you, Naman. And uh, finally, Sam. Yeah, I quite fancy them actually. Wow, seven or eight. I'll give them eight. I think that might be a bit of a push. I, they're going to miss Matt Wade. I think he's only going to play the last three, but they brought Milan in and we all know how good he is. There's Brian Ingram in the middle order as well, who's a really good player in this format. Ben McDermott, and, uh, yeah, Faulkner, who we all seem to have forgotten about uh, over the last couple of years. He's fallen off the cliff, but they also know how to qualify. They're a good T20 side and they, I think they've got, they've made it to the last three playoffs in a row, I think I'm right in saying. And Will Jacks, I saw quite a lot of him this summer and he had a really good, at time at the top of the order, well, both batting and but also bowling. You know, he bowled in those first six overs and picked up a lot of wickets. So I, I do think they've got a, a really good side there and a good chance. Melbourne Renegades. Then the two Melbourne sides coming up next. They've won the competition just once in 2018-19. Finished eighth though last time around. Michael Klinger is their coach. Aaron Finch is their captain. Overseas players include Imad Wazim, Noor Ahmed, Mohammed Nabi, Imran Tahir, and Riley Russo. And then they've got Sean Marsh, Kane Richardson, Marcus Harris and uh, the likes of Josh Layla in their team as Australians as well. I'll go first with this one. I I see them as a seven, I think, in this one. I think it could go either way for the Renegades this time around. You, you know, Just going through those overseas players, none of them are standout, apart from p- p- possibly Imran Tahir. But they're all very good and they could all play a part. Maximum of three overseas in any side, obviously, this time around in the Big Bash. But seven for me for the Melbourne Renegades. Straight back to you, Sam. Yeah, I'm the same, actually. They had a really bad start last year, I think. And they, they, they lost eight or nine on the bounce. I think Aaron Finch will come back if he's not involved in the test side, which he is. They'll, they might miss Marcus Harris. Now I know Australia's got a few injuries at the top of the order, and so he may well 
be required on test duty. I'm really interested to see how Benny Howell goes. Actually, they announced him as a kind of replacement player yesterday, I think. I, I chatted to him this morning and he, he's, you know, talk about being in the right place in the right time. He, he put himself out there. He went out there to play club cricket in the hope that he might secure a deal when he's got one. And I don't know, he, he describes himself as this kind of fast spinner to bowl the kind of all kinds of different cutters and off breaks. And it would be interesting to see how they go. But yeah, I think seven at best of them, as you say, it could go either way. But they they've got some experience in there. Imran Tahir is well. We all know how good he is in this format. Yeah, there's, there's nobody better to see take a wicket than Imran Tahir when he wheels away towards mid wicket. Slightly dampened if there's no fans in the grounds, as we saw in the IPL. But uh, a, a real character, Ollie. Um, yeah, they can't they can't be as bad as last year, can they? And like I was saying, they had a really bad start and actually started to play some good cricket towards the end. I, I, yeah, I, I think seven. I, I think they'll they'll be competitive, much better than last year. And without Imran here, they've probably got one of the top three spinners uh, in the world, well, wrist spinners in the, sort of T20 in this competition. So I think so. Maybe I'm not sure about the runs they'll get, but yeah, I, I think they'll be much better than next year. So seven. What about you, Ash? I'm also going to go seven. I think as Ollie and Simon just said, I don't think they can be as poor as they were or as at least as they started last year. I think a lot is going to rest on the overseas. I think Russo and uh, definitely Imran to here, they have good tournaments, then there's no reason they can't go all the way. But it's a lot of pressure on probably two or three players. And I'm just hoping that Benny Howell has a really good one, because I think he's more of an overdue, a fair shot in some of these T20 franchise leagues. And finally, Naman. Yes, I'll go with nine. I'm backing them this time. I'm a huge fan of Riley Rousseau as well. And uh, I feel Imad Wasim is also a decent buy. I, it's going to be exciting to see both Cameron Boyce and Imran Tahir bowl in tandem. And this Noor Ahmed from Afghanistan is a brilliant uh, left-arm Chinaman. I guess he'll be a mystery bowler. If he plays, uh, it will be hard to pick them. Pick him. Uh, but yes, overall, I see that... Uh, I'm giving them a chance this time. I feel uh, Mohamed Nabi also playing a key role in the team. Overall, I see that this time they will be, Finch will be a bit more aggressive uh, looking at the past years. Uh, hopefully, it will be available for the entire season and I see them qualifying and winning this time. There we go. Then Naman Shara, Mel- Melbourne Renegades fan rep gives them a nine. Takes them to a very good score. Melbourne Stars then, next up, they finished second last time around. Never won the tournament. They remind me of the Royal Challenges Bangalore the Big Bash equivalent. They've always had uh, plenty of big names, but never quite gone the distance. David Hussey is their head coach. Glenn Maxwell kind of typifies that kind of a, a kind of thing, really. Can be fantastic, can be terrible. He's their captain. They've got Andre Fletcher, um, Dilbar, Hussain, Nicholas Poran, Zahir Khan in as overseas players. The likes of Stoinis, Dunk and uh, Billy Stanlake are in there as uh, probably the best of their Australians. Nathan Coulton Isle as well. Um, straight back to you, Naman. How do you see, uh, well, your rivals then, the Stars, how do you see Melbourne shaping up the, the other side of the city? Yes, they have got some destructive batsmen over there, but uh, not someone who can rotate this strike and stay on there for at least uh, 10 to 15 overs. All are uh, destructive players, uh, Maxwell and, uh, yes, Toynes is a good opener and uh, he scores good, but I feel uh, they'll also be missing Harris Roff. Uh, he was just exceptional last year. He's not there. This time they have replaced him with uh, Dilbar Hussain, another fast bowler from Pakistan. Uh, but overall, uh, I feel they are lacking good proper batsmen uh, in their lineup. And uh, I'll give them seven just for the star-studded lineup with Fletcher, Puran coming in. Uh, but 
they are start started line up as mentioned uh, it will be interesting to see how they get along in this tournament okay seven then from naman oli uh, for me i think uh, I, i'm going to say nine obviously because i'm supporting them um <laughs> i i think some of their interesting signings so i think the hair khan with the substitute rule is quite an interesting one so that sort of asset, if you could see how the pitch goes and i saw him obviously he had a year at lanks um i thought he he, he was hot or cold um but wildly so i'm quite excited by that i i think they have got enough i think nick madison's got an important role to keep it together with the with the power they've got there so um i'm quite excited they've got obviously a really exciting night with poran maxwell storing this in there yeah i think they've got a really good chance i just don't know if they're, they're cursed or something like that why they just can't get it once they seem to have the side to get it to be able to get it done but uh, yeah it, it it just doesn't seem to happen for them just on the big final game ash your mark out of 10 for the stars I'm going to go for seven with the stars. I would have, if they'd have been able to obviously keep Johnny Bairstow, if he wasn't joining the England Test squad, I probably would have made them my favourites in the nine. I think they're just going to, maybe just lacking a little bit in the batting department now. But I definitely think they've got a good chance of making the last four. I'm going to go for a six for Melbourne stars. I don't think they're quite the Melbourne renegades. I may be proved wrong, but I... Uh... Don't see them necessarily lifting their uh, well, empty trophy cabinet this time around. Sam, what about you? Well, I agree with Ollie. I know he's a fan, but I, I've got to give them a nine as well. I, I really quite fancy them. I think that's a really interesting point about the use of the sub. I think bringing an extra spinner into the game is going to be how, if it is used at all, often that's more often than not. I hate, you know, their batting line is formidable. Glenn Maxwell looks in really good touch for Australia at the moment. Now, I'm actually quite interested to see how Billy Stanlake goes. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of hype around him. He did something completely different. I think he's about six foot eight, and they, they brought him in over the off season. He didn't have an amazing season last year for the Strikers. I think they're going to be interesting. I think this could be their year. If not the Strikers, then I'm going for the Stars. Melbourne Stars then getting a good score. Perth Scorchers then, my team, finished sixth last year. They've won the title three times, the most successful Big Bash team in the history, in the short history of a decade, basically. 2013-14, 2014-15 and 2016-17 with their glory years. Alan Voges is their coach, Mitch Marsh. He's going to be their captain. They've got Jason Roy, Colin Monroe, Liam Livingston and Joe Clark in their overseas ranks. And they've also got the likes of Bancroft, um, Ashton Turner, Ashton Agar and Andrew Ty in their bowling ranks. I really, I mean, I they are my side. I will be supporting them. I actually do think they've got a real chance this time. I think if they're batting fires, they've probably got the best batting lineup in the competition with the overseas contingent mixed in with some of the Australians that are, are already in there. Uh, Mitch Marsh is a, a very good player in T20s. I'm going to give them, I'm tempted to go 10. But none of you have done that, have you? So I'm going to give them a nine. I've got to play the game properly. Um, Sam, what about you with Perth? Yeah, I do. I know what you mean. I quite like them. They're a balanced side. I think I'm going to go for an eight. The issue they might have is that it depends how good a start they can get off to. I think the England players, Roy and Livingston, having to go into the kind of two-week quarantine, they won't be available mm. to start with. But they're, they're one of those sides who the whole is greater than the sum of the parts, I think. Yeah. That, yeah, an eight for you then, um, Ash. What about you? I mean, J- Jason Roy in that t- side, he was absolutely marvellous, wasn't he? World Cup winner for England, um, scoring runs for fun. But he's kind of fallen off a cliff a little bit form wise. This is a big tournament for somebody like him. There's a few people entering the Big Bash with reputations to maybe stitch up a little bit. 
Yeah, I think it's a huge, huge tournament, really, for Jason Roy. And interestingly, I guess, in the same team with him, he's got Liam Livingston, who is possibly one of the triple people players that people may look at and say actually is he with Jason Roy's spot at the top of the order or if Bearstone moves back to the top of the order possibly in the middle order for England when it comes to the T20 World Cup next year I think the Scorchers have got a really good balanced lineup. it might start slow with a couple of people missing I'm going to give them an 8 I think they you should definitely make the top 4 and I wouldn't be shocked to see them in the final with such a great batting lineup that they've got Ollie the Scorchers um, I'd have to go eight. Um, really good at home. I'm not sure. I've looked up exactly how many home games they're playing with the hubbing of the games in Hobart, Hobart to start with. Great at home. Really good firepower if it goes. But it will be either hit or miss, obviously, uh, with Roy and Livingston. It'd be interesting if they put Miss Marsh down as a finisher uh, or they have Livingston there. Uh, because I think, however that plays out, if that's successful, they will be very hard to stop. And uh, I think. On their day, that they will be probably the most one of the most destructive sides going. Quite comfortably, and and Marsh Mitchell Marsh helps give them a lot of balance as well with their side. So yeah, I'm, I'm they you should be quite optimistic about how their chances are. I think they definitely make the playoffs at least. Naman, what about you? Uh, you definitely see them in the last four, top four. Uh, yeah, apart from the batting, which we have already spoken about, I feel that they have some serious fast bowling attack uh, with Barrendorf, Andrew Tai. Jai Richardson, Joel Paris, and uh, they make a formidable attack. And with Pawad Ahmed, also a good T20 bowler. Uh, they are a complete side, and I definitely see them in top four. I'll go with nine. Well, that gives them a very, very nice set of score at the end of that little uh, resume of uh, Perth Scorchers. City Sixers, they are the defending champions after winning it last year. They also won it in 2011-2012. Um, Greg Shippard is their coach. You've got Moises Henriquez. As their captain, James Vince, Jason Holder and Carlos Brathwaite make up their overseas contingent. You've got the likes of Jos Felipe, Dan Christian in there as Australians. Um, Sydney Sixers, let's start with you, Ash. How do you see their chances? I think the Sydney Sixers are, of course, going to look strong. They won last year. Um, possibly not necessarily the best team last year, but they, they, they've got the job done in the end. I think another team I'm going to give an eight to, I think they should make the top four alongside the Scorchers and my team funder. Um, they've got they've got a bit of everything. They're looking strong in both the overseas department, but also in the Australian department. They've got plenty of batting, plenty of experience in there with Dan Christian. So I, I would be very shocked if they don't at least make the the top four. Ollie, the Sixers. Oh, I'm always worried about uh, any side that's got Dan Christian in it because he he seems to always get runs against any team I support. So um, I think they've got a really good lineup. I think. The, um, they are not quite as strong as last year. Um, James Vince gets good run to them. I think if he, he gets in, I think they'll be really solid. Eight. I, I, I really, I think they'll definitely be in the top four and um, yeah, and, and quite dangerous. Just like I think they're really sort of probably better for winning it last year. More consistent. Probably got more belief. Sam, what about you? Yeah, I'm on an eight as well. I think it might. I think they will finish in the top four. Tom Curran is obviously going to be a, a big mess, but like we said, they've got. Dan Christian knows how to win tournaments. Josh Felipe had an amazing year last year. Didn't quite. He made the Australia tour to England and had a bit of a frustrating time, I think. And the IPL didn't quite go well for him, but I think he'll come back. And they've got they've got good spinners as well. You know, Lloyd Pope and Steve O'Keefe. I think get through eight overs between them. They are at the other end of their career, but I think they're both uh, 
good bowlers in this format. So, yeah, I think they'll do all right. They might have a bit of Mitch Stark as well, I think. I agree with you as well. I think O'Keefe's uh, uh, very much a, a threat for the Sixers. I'm going to go with... Um, I'm torn between seven and eight here. I'm going to give them an eight. I uh, do think they've got a very good chance of defending their title, so they get an eight from me as well. Naman, to finish off, sixes. Yeah, I'll also go with eight. I feel that they are a balanced side with uh, equal firepower and also excited to see Jason Holder in the team. And uh, yes, a uh, good uh, bunch of spinners as well uh, with Nathan Lyon and Lloyd Pope. Uh, also good fast bowler. Uh, ben Dwashers has been good for them. And uh, yes, excited to see Josh Philippe after IPL. I feel he'll be more confident player. Uh, him and uh, Moses Henriquez are both in terrific form. Uh, yes, I see them in the top four. So that finishes the Sydney Sixers on a very good score too. The final side, the Sydney Thunder, fifth in the last incarnation of the Big Bash. They've had one win in 25-16 season. Shane Bond, their coach. Callum Ferguson, their captain. You've got the likes of Sam Billings, Alex Hales, and Adam Mill in there as an overseas contingent. Kawaja cutting Sams and, of course, Ferguson as their Australian stars. Um, Sydney Thunder, I think, have got a real um, sniff in this one. Let's start with um, you, Ash, because they are your side, aren't they? Yeah, um, I'm back going to bat the Thunder. I'm going to go and give them a nine. I think there's a team I'm hoping and expecting to win the tournament. I think they've got plenty of batting. Alex Hale's massive tournament for him. I think he's got to be targeting a big BBL, get an IPL contract, a big IPL. Can he make himself a serious option for, for England next year? Can he for, try and force Morgan's hand? And I think they've got a really good balance. Bowling attack have got plenty of options in both the spin and pace department. Maybe if, if, if they were going to be my ideal team, I'd maybe have one more out-and-out quick option. But I think with cutting a Milne and Sam's, they've got plenty of options there still. So, fingers crossed, they'll do well. So always bring Shane Bond off the bench. He could uh, bowl it at a fair lick, couldn't he? Um, Sam, what about you to uh, finish off with the, for the Thunder? Yeah, I'm just trying to think back. I'm quite conscious of not tipping seven out of eight teams to make the playoffs because that would make me look a bit foolish. But, <laughs> yeah, I think I'm going to give them a seven. I think they've got plenty of experience. There may be a, a front-line bowler short uh, Sam Billings will be great to come in for them. They've got Usman Kawaja and, and Callum Ferguson. I think he's just such an underrated player. Like I, I know he had a long career. and It's been a decade since he's played ODI. So he's really unlucky with injuries. So I think they've got a lot of experience. Maybe a bowler like without Chris Morris. But yeah, I want to say seven. I agree with them, both of you there. I think uh, Alex Hales, obviously very silly, but also very unlucky, I think, in his career of late. Totally agree. It's a massive tournament for him, but he's capable of illuminating this big bash if it goes his way. I'm going to go seven as well for the uh, Sydney Thunder. I think they could be there or thereabouts come the end of this uh, big bash tournament. Naman, what about you? How do you rate the Thunder? Yeah, you rate them six. I feel, as they've mentioned already, like they've missed a frontline bowler, especially with the new ball. It is going to be important to strike because earlier, because Daniel Sims and Ben Cutting, all of them look like a similar kind of bowler, uh, restricting the pace, but uh, they needed a good pass bowler. Yes, Chris Tremaine is good, but not that good with the new ball. And uh, they are more dependent on their openers, Hales and Kwaja. Uh, apart from that, those, uh, then they have Alex Ross and not quite effective in the middle order as well. Ferguson is, uh, I am not quite, uh, I don't like him in T20s. He's a good one-day player, but uh, overall, I I feel that they want to make it to top four. 
So six there from Naman. Guys, who haven't I asked yet? There's one of you who haven't hasn't given a score. Ollie's made up. I, I would have to go seven. Just just the fact is that the bowling's short, the batting looks great, and and Kawhi gets a lot of runs through, and Billings will be solid as always, and and, and Hales is absolute class. But I think as an overseas, a lot of reliance on Milne, and and sometimes I've seen him when it when it goes wrong, when it's right for him, it's great, but when it goes wrong, it, it can be quite nasty for him, and uh, he can get quite punished. So and especially the Aussies used to that sort of quick bowling. I'll be I'll be surprised if he is such a big success to get him into the playoffs. Badges are furry creatures. 85% of women badges think bad grooming is a major turn-off. 80% of women badges think men should trim below the belt. 89% of men think good grooming is essential to the professional success. Don't just dismiss it out of hand. Get on there, manscaped.com. Check out their great range of male grooming accessories. Hygiene, appearance, attractiveness, confidence. Simply go to manscaped.com, quote the discount code BADGER. You get 20% off, you get free shipping, and you get some seriously quality equipment. Manscaped.com, together we save balls. Interesting then how this pans out then as we've given our scores, all, all five of us given us a mark out of 10 for each of the um, teams as we've gone through this preview. And I'll do it in reverse order as they would do in any good competition. In uh, bottom place, it is Brisbane Heat with uh, 30 points. In seventh, it's Hobart Hurricanes with 32. In sixth, by our assessments, it's going to be Adelaide Strikers on 35. The fifth place team, Sydney Thunder got 36 from our combined scores. In fourth place, Melbourne Renegades got a combined 37. In third, the Melbourne Stars got 38. Sydney Sixers are our silver medalists on 40 points, and I'm quite happy. Perth, my team, 42 points for Perth Scorchers. I think they've got a real sniff, but it could be anybody's. As we've seen down the um, first, well, the previous nine incarnations of the Big Bash, and there are only two sides out of the eight that have never won a big bash. And they've both got a chance again this time around. It's going to be very interesting. As I say, the games start tomorrow. Hobart Hurricanes against the Sydney Sixers. And they take us all the way through until the start of February. So we're going to be busy, chaps, as we go through this big bash. You do get, I think, a few days off for Christmas. But uh, it's been uh, good to have you with me as we've started off this uh, big bash dailies. Usually, listeners, they'll be a little bit shorter than this. We wanted to get through each of the uh, eight teams properly this time around, but usually around about 20 minutes for each of the uh, Big Bash dailies, which we'll record straight after the final game of the day and bring to you, uh, well, around sort of lunchtime-ish on uh, UK time or just as you go to bed down under. So stay tuned. Make sure you uh, like, subscribe, follow us on Twitter at cricket underscore badger. Um, Ash, Naman, Ollie and Sam, thank you very much indeed for joining me today for the preview. Thanks, Dave. Thank you. Cheers, James. You'll hear four of the voices as well as we go through uh, the Big Bash dailies as too, as they all get behind their sides. I cannot wait for this Big Bash to start tomorrow. Thank you to bluecrocodile.co.uk for uh, supporting the Big Bash dailies. Give them a, uh, a visit, snapping up the right mortgages for you. If you fancy buying a house or moving house, they're the people to uh, have a look at. And that all leaves me to say is uh, thank you for joining us today. Good luck to each of the uh, players and all of the teams, entertainers 
entertain us over the next couple of months. And uh, we will see you again tomorrow with the first proper edition of the Big Bash Dailies as we look back at the Melbourne Stars against Sydney Thunder and we look ahead to the games to come. Big Bash 10. Thanks for listening. We'll bring you another edition of the Cricket Badger Big Bash Daily Podcast in association with bluecrocodile.co.uk tomorrow. See you then. Sports Social Podcast Network.